Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another action-packed, body-slamming episode of 80s Wrestling Radio Live. This is Tommy Fierro with my co-host, Jumpin' Jay. Jay, what's going on, man? Tommy, I am doing fantastic here in Minnesota. I tell you what, it's April Fool's Day, but today's today's show is going to be no joke. We got some fantastic guests lined up for tonight's conversations. Absolutely. It's the road to 80s Wrestling Con here on 80s Wrestling Radio. 80s Wrestling Con takes place in just 26 days from now on Saturday, April the 27th in Freehold, New Jersey at iPlay America. Over 20 80s wrestling superstars will be appearing live at the con, and one of them is joining us on the line right now. He is... The genius, Leaping Lanny Papo. Lanny, welcome to 80s Wrestling Radio. I am the genius, full of glory and renown, still living in the past. And in 26 days, I'm going to see a lot of 80s wrestlers. And some are going to look bad, and some are going to look worse. I want to be in the group that only looks bad. Lady, thank you so much for uh, for coming on. And uh, hey, you, you know, I actually wanted to kick it off uh, tonight, Lanny. It is WrestleMania week here, and uh, WrestleMania four and WrestleMania five were two of my favorite WrestleManias. Obviously, four is when your brother, the Macho Man Randy Savage, won the World Wrestling Federation title, winning the title tournament against Teddy Biasi. WrestleMania five even bigger for him in the main event against Hulk Hogan. Um, how how do those rank for you, Lenny, as, as far as your, your favorite WrestleManias go? Obviously, they both have to be up there. I think WrestleMania three was the greatest WrestleMania I've ever seen because oh, yeah. several several reasons. Number one, um, Hulk Hogan slammed Andre the Giant, the body slam heard around the world, and it was the greatest match in the history of wrestling up until that point. Um, Macho Man versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Some say it was the greatest match ever. Um, I say that's hard to prove, but in my opinion, uh, it raised the bar athletically so that the wrestlers today can have something to shoot for. And uh, I'm very proud of the fact that people like um, Okada and, um, you know, those people, you know, raised the bar a lot. Uh, Omega, Kenny Omega, you know, they, they've got something in their mind that where they want to win the match of the year award. Yeah, that's a really good answer. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just uh, 
was, was thinking what you were saying. Uh, absolutely. Um, where is, as far as Macho Man goes, so you, you would say his match against Ricky Steamboat WrestleMania 3 was your favorite. Um, where does the Hulk Hogan match uh, rank in there, the WrestleMania 5 match for Hogan for you? We mean Macho Man against Hulk Hogan? Yes. Well, you know, it was great, of course. It's anytime you can headline WrestleMania, it's great. And uh, it's just, I'd have to look at it again, you know. But the thing is, Randy and Steamboat were the same size. And they were just operating on pure action. You know, like uh, in all those false finishes, and the crowd would go crazy. And Dave Hebner was the reference and that, and boom, boom, boom. And then when the finally, the title switch. And uh, wasn't that something? You know what I mean? The people jam the roof off the place. Absolutely. Hey, you, you know what else I wanted to ask you, uh, Lanny? You, you obviously had a lot of big matches in your career. Obviously, probably the biggest was your Saturday Night's Main Event match against Hulk Hogan. If you ever were to have, running the, running the clock, if you were to have a one-on-one match at a WrestleMania, who, who would you pick at that time to be on uh, WrestleMania with? Well, uh, thank you for the premise of the question. First of all, in my 21-year career, nothing came close to the importance of the match that I had 30 years ago with Hulk Hogan on Saturday night's main event on NBC. It turned me from complete jabroni to a piece of gum on the bottom of his shoe. And for four months, I stuck to the bottom of his shoe with main events uh, in the WWE. <laughs> You know, and just think, I made 23 appearances in Madison Square Garden, but two times I was on the main event, and just like a fat girl on prom night, I was glad to go to the dance. (laughs) Hey, uh, Jay, what do you you have for Lanny here? Listen, those Saturday night main event matches with Hulk Hogan were some of the, the most entertaining matches from that era, and as a young boy... I was 100% a Hulkamaniac. And so the fact that your character of the genius was able to get under his skin the way you did, and then when you teamed up with Mr. Perfect and you guys took the belt and broke it up, uh, man, that really got to me as a kid. Um, How much of the character of the genius did you get to develop versus how much was – told to you by Vince McMahon or other members of the creative team? Well, in those days, there was no creative team, okay? There was just, there was just Vince and Pat. And uh, so what I, I remember after they were going to make me the genius, I thought to myself, boy, that's pretty close to Bobby the Brain Heenan, isn't it? You know, one of the guys is genius, the other guy's a brain. That's not fair. That's copyright infringement. So I went up to Bobby Heenan, and I said, they're going to make me the genius and give me a break as a heel, but I'm a little bit, I feel guilty that I'm intruding on your gimmick because you are the brain. And he says, Lanny, I am so happy that you're finally getting a break. As a matter Mm -hmm. of fact, don't worry about being the genius. That's fine. But if you don't mind, I would like to give you a little advice. And, uh, and I said, my God, who wouldn't want to take advice from Bobby the Brain Heenan? So, believe it or not, 
every time I walked up to him, he would have something for me to learn, something for me to do, and uh, he helped me develop my character. You know, I get emotional talking about it because he's not here anymore. But wouldn't you agree that Bobby Heenan is a great man and a good man too? He was the greatest. Of, he was the greatest of all time. But wasn't that nice that he took the time to teach me a little? Oh, absolutely, I, absolutely, absolutely. And I was that's, genius that's... enough to. Uh, I was genius enough to learn from him because I knew that he was <laughs> the best. <laughs> sure, sure. That's 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 amazing. Hey, Lanny, you know what I wanted to ask you? Yeah, going back to the Hulk Hogan uh, match for a minute. Obviously, you know you worked for the company for a long time prior to to that match, uh, and you were on the same card with Hogan for years and years. You know, usually you'd probably be in the opening match. Um, two questions. The two part question. One, what was it like? Because back then they had A towns, B towns, C towns. What was it like? What did it mean for someone like you that was opening a show to be on the Hulk Hogan show? And also, part two of the question is: after all those years of you, you know, you know, being in the opening match on the Hulk Hogan shows, what was it like to to after all those years of finally not only standing in the ring with him, wrestling him one on one, but defeating him? So I, 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 I like to, to to get your two answers on this. Well, that's the reason why uh, even when Hulk got in a little trouble with the videotape, people interviewed me and they said, is he a racist or anything? I said, no, he's not a racist. You know, the thing is, too, I would never um, go against Hulk Hogan after all he's done for me. You know, uh, he took a jabroni and made me a star for four months. That's how long it took. That's how long the storyline was. And we were every arena, I'm telling you, on top, and business was good. And uh, I got to wrestle. Uh, I got to be teamed up with uh, maybe the, one of the greatest of all time, Kurt Henning. And, uh, you know, it was, a, it was definitely, if I had a 21-year career, I've got selective amnesia. I would like to forget all of it except those four months. I believe we have, we, a, are, we have a caller on hold, Jay, correct? That is correct. We are uh, live on 80s Wrestling Radio and on uh, on the caller line, we have Pete from Nashville. Pete, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you guys? We are doing fantastic. Good, you are live on the air with the genius Lanny Poffo. It's an honor to speak with you. Big fan, Mr. Poffo. I have a, I have a question for you, if that's all right. I'm asking for the it's genius's okay. permission. It's okay. All right. I was wondering, given all of the back and forth over the last several years with the Hall of Fame and coming up this weekend uh, with the latest edition of the Hall of Fame, and of course, Randy taking his rightful place in the Hall of Fame finally, what are your thoughts on whether or not the genius and or your deserving father, Angelo, will ever make it into the Hall of Fame, as I know that was apparently part of Randy's wishes, as you've said throughout the, uh, the last few years? Well... Thank you, Pete. That was a very good question. You've got kind of got me stumped. I was caught off guard. But um, speaking impromptu, I would like to say probably not. We will never be entered into the Hall of Fame. But I'm just glad that Randy was, and I felt uh, that's 
I felt that's what the fans deserved, okay? And uh, he didn't get his wishes, but, you know, this is uh, the real world, and uh, sometimes the powers that be. Maybe after Pat Patterson is no longer breathing, maybe that, but I don't, I don't think so before then. Well, I appreciate I appreciate your honesty and good luck to you. I've always been a big fan. I think you were very underrated and underappreciated on your own. Well, I thank you, Pete. But for those four months, I was overrated and overappreciated in the ring with Hulk Hogan. Well, <laughs> speaking of someone who admittedly was a, a big Roddy Piper mark and therefore never a big Hulk Hogan fan, I was rooting for you when you beat Hulk Hogan personally. So, good job. <laughs> Well, Pete, before you go, I just want to say that um, you're a big Roddy Piper fan. I love Roddy Piper, and he was, oh, he was the nicest person ever. What a man. And uh, I still cry for him. I, I had a I had a very good friend call me up and let me know the day he passed, and I was uh, I was very affected as well when, when my friend told me. It, it, before it broke, Broke uh, to everybody else. A friend of mine who was somewhat connected let me know, and I sat and cried for quite a while at my desk. It was the first time I'd ever really been affected by the the passing of a legend. So I'm right there with you. Yeah, he was, uh, you know, like he wasn't just a great man. He was a good man, too. And uh, that's more important, don't you think? I do, and and I was also fortunate through through a, a good friend of mine to actually have had the opportunity to meet him uh, and uh, got to spend a, a few minutes with him telling him how much he meant to me. So it's a, a memory I'll always cherish. He had more personality in his little finger than anybody else in their whole body. I, I would agree with that. And if I could take 10 seconds to explain myself, I've always told people as a lifelong fan of the business that while nobody is going to mistake him for Kurt Angle or Bret Hart in the ring, he had the ultimate power over an audience to the point where before kayfabe was dead and buried, when the PWI and After Magazines meant something, he was the most hated wrestler of the year, back-to-back years, turned face, and the next year he was elected most popular wrestler of the year. Never been done before. Hated, hated, popular three years in a row. That's control that man had over an audience. Hey, well, hey Pete, where, where you, Pete, where are you from, Pete? Originally, I'm from the world's greatest city, Boston, Massachusetts. And and now, Nashville, Tennessee. Hey, listen, you you're a really good caller, Pete. I, I enjoyed listening to you. Please, uh, please definitely call back again in the future here on the uh, '80s Wrestling Radio. We, we'd love to talk to you again. You're a very uh, very intelligent caller, and uh, we appreciate you uh, you calling that. Thank you so much. Not a problem. Thank you. I've been a lifelong fan. Used to go to Boston Garden with my dad before WrestleMania one. So I, and this will be my ninth WrestleMania in a row that I'll be attending. So. Awesome, awesome! Yeah. Uh, you enjoy the show. I'll be there. I'll be there too on Sunday. So you enjoy it. Definitely, definitely. Are you going to be? Are you going to be at? Good. Are you going to be at WrestleCon by any chance? No, 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 no. I won't be. All right. Well, I'll I'll be I'll be around there. I'll be just like I said, it's my ninth in a row. So I'll I right. see you guys having uh having your your little area. I'll drop by. Oh, awesome! Pete, Thank uh, you so I'll much for. Uh, I'll be at WrestleCon on and off. So hunt me down. I will. I'll do my best, uh, Mr. Poffo. I'll. I'll see if I can't. Uh, can't drop by and say hello to you. It'd be an honor. Excellent. All right. Have a good night, Jay. We have someone right, else on hold, you. correct? 
That's right. We have another caller on hold. Welcome to 80s quick, Wrestling Radio. This is Jay. Who is this? Real quick. Be- hey, on it's uh, Cole from Westville, New Jersey. Hey, Cole, I'm sorry. what's up? One second, buddy. I just want to let everyone know that that's listening right now, anyone that does want to call in, because the call numbers are on our social media pages. We're not announcing here on the area. I just wanted to announce real quick, just in case anyone doesn't have it and just wants to jot down the number real quick. Uh, the call number is 323-927-2953. Again, it's 323-927-2953. We're have Lanny on for about another uh, 15 minutes or so. Then we're going to get Gary Michael Capetta on. Cole, welcome back to 80s Wrestling Radio. You're a loyal listener. Thanks for calling back, buddy. Yeah, it's good to be back. Um just to piggyback off of Pete's question real quick, um, I know technically you are in a Hall of Fame through WCW, and I believe your father is also in it, if I'm correct. Well, my father is, but I am not. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were both in, inducted uh, for some reason. I don't know. Got my trivia mixed up. And uh, my question is, um, I know in uh, – back in the 80s and stuff like that, you had to keep kayfabe. Was it hard keeping the genius character in kayfabe? Like, would you have to order in a certain cadence or, like, you know, when you check in to a hotel, would you have to be like, yes, this is my room. I will gladly gander in my bedchambers. Like, (laughs) yeah, well, uh, one of the things I did to protect my kayfabe genius gimmick was I I never tried to get on Jeopardy, so that would make me make a real ass of myself. You know, like I don't know, you know, if I don't win, it's gonna suck, right? You know? Yeah. Unless, uh, you know, unless Donna Brazil gives me the answers before we go out there, then I'll be all right, you know. But if it's real, like I'm afraid, uh, and genius thing is very hard to live up to. Hmm. Cole, what else you got for Lenny? Anything else? Uh, uh, you're, Cole, you're uh, no, I just wanted to thank him for a uh, wonderful. You're coming to 80s, re- Cole, you're, yeah, you're yeah, I'm coming to 80s. Are you coming to? Yeah, I'm coming, coming to 80s to the Con- Yeah, awesome. I'm coming to the convention. Yeah, you'll, 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 uh, actually, me and my boss are actually going. Uh, Hi, John. I know you're probably listening. <laughs> <laughs> hey, John, you did a, you had a good worker here, John. Hey, uh, hey uh, Lanny, uh, Lanny will be one of the, the main guests uh, for 80s Wrestling Con, so you get to meet him along with a, a ton of other uh, guys on April 27th. But, hey, man, thanks for calling in, and uh, we, we appreciate it. We look forward to talking to you again soon. Yeah, and uh, would you mind if I give a shout-out to, uh, to my friends that uh, always watch me on here? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, all right. Uh, hey, Angel, and uh, I want to say hi to his wife too, uh, Victoria. So yeah, so I was on the podcast. So, and thanks for having me on again. And it was a pleasure talking to you, Lanny. You, you were say, one of my childhood heroes. Oh, uh, thank you. Did you say you were from Virginia or West Virginia? Oh, I'm from uh, Westville, New Jersey. Oh, Whiteville, New Jersey. I, I have a little. You know, when you get to a certain age, you can't hear too, too well. So, um, and and I'll tell you what, I have to pee all the time unless I'm peeing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's something right, I never thought the genius would say to me. 
You never know what's going to happen on 80s Wrestling Radio. You never know. That is definitely. <laughs> All right, Cole. Thanks for calling, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on. You got it. So, yeah, you know what? I, I want to talk a little bit more about, about Mr. Perfect real quick. You guys were a great, great, great duo. You really uh, brought something to his character. Who who originally pitched that? Was it something that the office did or something uh, that was uh, between you guys? How did that whole character and gimmick come about between you and Perfect? Well, actually, um, it was Bobby Heenan that was going to go with Mr. Perfect. They were friends from Minneapolis. Plus, uh, Heenan was the best manager. Hogan that had the idea to include me instead of Heenan, and then after WrestleMania, Heenan would go with Mr. Perfect. Now, before before that, were you just doing just regular Lanny Poffo at the time? Before the genius, I was I was leaping Lanny Poffo, and then they uh, and then after WrestleMania five, um, they did uh, six vignettes. I am the genius, Lanny Poffo, blah 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 blah, and then they put those week after week after week after week. They called me the genius, Lanny Poffo. And then they cut Lanny Poplin and just called me the genius. And then I started, you know, working the towns. And Hulk Hogan liked what I was doing and had an idea. And uh, I sure am grateful that he did that. Because, you know, it's uh, he can work with anybody he wants, and he chose me. And uh, I can't That's believe awesome. I was about – I can never get over that. Um, I, 30 years ago, and I'm still grateful. Hey, Lenny, you know what I want to ask you, too? Um, were you – I think that – I could be wrong. Clear me if I'm wrong. I, I think I remember seeing a publicity photo for WrestleMania 2 for the Battle Royal with the NFL players. I think that you were in that picture of that Battle Royal. But were you in the Battle Royal? It was a very big disappointment for me. I was in Chicago. I took the picture, but – when they announced yeah. the people in the battle royal, I was not in. So I remember, I, was, I remember that picture. Yeah, I was there, but I wasn't. I was like a standby or something, you know. Like um, they didn't let me go in the battle royal. Um, you know, so for uh, that, I went to Australia. That's pretty good. Sydney, Perth, Melbourne, and Brisbane. I don't know too many people that have been to Australia. And I got to wrestle, you know, and uh, it's quite a, uh, of course, let me tell you what, I did something really dumb. Talk about the genius. You want to hear something not so smart? Sure. On the way back coming home, and I'll tell you, it's like, I don't know, 20 hours, I don't know. Um, And I wasn't in first class either. Um, I'm sitting down on the plane. You know, I'm sitting down on my seat, and all of a sudden, my butt itches. And I said, what is this? <laughs> I, I said, man, it's getting worse. And then it occurred to me. You know what it was? What's that? On the, on the last day, I went to a nude beach. And I, and I got a sunburn <laughs> on my butt. Because my butt <laughs> had never seen the light of day. And I'm saying to myself, I'm going to be sitting on my butt for 20 hours on a sunburn. You know, it's like, this is sucks. And I'll tell you uh, what, I didn't feel like a genius that day. I'll tell you that. <laughs> and that was, the, that was the first and last time I've ever been naked outdoors. 
You know, like that is like a not not a good idea. Hey, I, I think this is a good place to to to, to call a finish on this one. If if you guys out there uh, are planning on coming to Eighties Wrestling Con on Saturday, April twenty seventh in Freehold, New Jersey, at I Play America, I want you guys all to go up to Lanny Popo and and ask him how his butt feels at Eighties uh, Wrestling Con. So, uh, Lanny, I, I appreciate you, you staying up and, and, and coming on the show a little bit. And uh, I don't know if anybody out there knows, when I was a kid, I actually caught your uh, your frisbee at a WWF show at William Patterson College. I know that you know that I sent you the picture years ago on it, but uh, it's pretty cool that I you know I caught your uh, frisbee as a kid and I met you in intermission. You signed it for me, and uh, this is actually gonna be the first time I ever had you at one of my events. All the years I've been. Uh, running wrestling shows and conventions. So I'm really looking forward to having you, Lenny, and uh, I look forward to seeing you again. Well, I appreciate that, and uh, I want to thank you so much. And you've got a hell of a podcast, and I really enjoyed it. And you've got really smart um, call-ins, too, so that's nice. Awesome, Lenny. Well, thank you so much, and we'll see you up here in a couple weeks for 80s Wrestling Con. Very good. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. There he is, Jay, Lenny Poffo. What's going on? The genius, today, man. You, uh, I like that. I like that question you asked. That was uh, that was uh, pretty good. Pretty pretty good. Well, you know, I think it wasn't uh, perfect, I, but it was. It, it was wasn't good. perfect, but it was close. I've seen a lot of interviews with him, and he's a smart man. And so I, I had a feeling that that he brought a little bit of himself to the role as the genius. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna talk a little bit about 80s wrestling con real quick before we move in over to our next guest uh, like i was saying uh, lanny will be joining a cast of over 20 80s wrestling superstars again this is going to be on saturday april the 27th in freehold new jersey at i play america appearing live will be the young stallions jim powers and paul roma bushwhacker luke ricky the dragon steamboat the Nasty Boys, Knobs and Sags, Doctor of Style, Slick, Brother Love, Bruce Pritchard, Jake the Snake Roberts, our guests that were just on the line, Lanny Poffo, Cowboy Bob Orton, Wendy Richter, Greg the Hammer Valentine, Rocky Johnson, Coco Beware, The Powers of Pain, Kemp Patera, The Wild Samoans, Barry Windham, Ronnie Garvin, The Gordon's Ladies of Wrestling from the 80s, the original, Glow Girls, Barry Horowitz, and many more. So uh, mark that date on your calendar, Saturday, April the 27th, Freehold, New Jersey, I Play America, 80s Wrestling Con. Looking forward to uh, having on our upcoming guest, I believe he's going to be on momentarily, former WWF and WCW ring announcer Gary Michael Capetta. I believe uh, Jay is uh, uh, trying to get him on right now. And uh, Jay, are you back on with us yet? We are back on with you here live on the air, and we have our next guest listening and waiting in the wings. Gary, how are you? Welcome to Eighties Wrestling Radio. Hey, is this Tommy? This is Tommy. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm really good. I'm really good. I, I have a lot of great memories of. Um, of all of the conventions that you had promoted, you know, in the day. And, uh, wow, it's just it's just good to hear you again. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, sir, for saying that, by the way. Yeah, we're looking forward to having you. Uh, Gary's also going to be 
part of 80s Wrestling Con coming up in a few weeks in Freehold, New Jersey. He's going to be a part of Sports Access's Boots, along with the uh, Glow Girls and Barry Horowitz. Gary, tell us a little bit about what you've been up to uh, over the last year or so. Oh, um, I just came off the road. I was on um, for two years with a state show that I had put together. And um, I traveled out um, halfway across the country, as far north as uh, New England. I was down in Orlando and Tampa with the show and all points in between, just uh, uh, with giant screen video, talking about memories, little inside stuff. You know, just a lot of fun interacting with, uh, with the fans that show up. And I had a good time with it. Yeah, it was fun. That's great. You've been you've been staying, you know, active in, in the wrestling business, you know, over the last several years. You know, I know people that out there that don't know, you wrote a book as well several years back, and you know, did some stuff with Ring of Honor as well. Are you doing anything else right now besides uh, this show, or are you just just basically doing that right now? No, I'm just um, I'm out. I'm doing conventions. Um, I'm doing some guest ring announcing. And what all that means is um, uh, I'm not interested in doing a full show, so I'll just come out and do uh, you know a match or two. Um, sure. I'm doing a benefit. Uh, doing a benefit on uh, April 12th for uh, Cancer Society up in uh, Northern New Jersey. Just uh, you know announcing a match, having a good time with it. Um, so yeah, so that's pretty much it. Pretty active on uh, Facebook, Twitter. Have a pretty uh, dedicated and you know, following and have a good time. Yeah, you know what? You, you post some really good uh, – for those out there that have Twitter that, that don't follow Gary, uh, he has a really, really great uh, account. He posts a lot of really good stuff. Gary, can you tell them your, your Twitter handle just uh, in case they don't, they're not following you yet? That they, they yeah, can you on there. simply Gary Capetta. There you go. You post some <laughs> really easy. good stuff, guys. And um, Facebook, hey, I'm going to be going to uh, – um, a premium channel on Facebook. It's uh, on Facebook. I'm GMC number four real GMC for real. And probably in a couple of weeks, we're going to start it. I'm going to be putting some exclusive content on there, some interviews, some commentary, things that aren't on my, uh, my regular page. So if anyone's interested in going a little premium on Facebook. What, and, and once again, if they just want to grab a pen real quick and write that down, what, what, what's the, uh, the name again on Facebook for them to look it up on there? My, well, my regular Facebook page, which will lead you to the premium page once it's up and running, is um, my initials, GMC, number four, real, GMC for real. All right, so, sounds good. Hey, hey Gary, my my, uh, my co-host here, Jay, he, he was doing his, his Gary Michael Capetta homework before he, we came on the air tonight, just to let you know. Jay, Uh-oh. tell them some of the stuff you were watching of them. <laughs> well, the, the first thing I have to say is for uh, a, a young man like yourself, Gary, who's been in this business announcing since, I believe, the 70s, the yeah. voice has not changed. Oh. I'm sitting here, and I'm listening to you, and I feel like I'm a kid again watching WCW <laughs> on TV, and so it's a thrill just to have your he voice almost sounds, uh, inside he the ears. Sounds younger, he, he sounds younger now, Jay, doesn't he? <laughs> he you know, Jay, is, you, you're making smooth. me a little nervous, because if you've done homework, that means I have to remember all the lies I've told in the past. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I spent I spent the last couple hours leading up to tonight uh, watching some YouTube videos of different interviews you've done, different matches you've announced, and you've been a lot of places. You've seen a lot of things. Um, something that I my eyes saw tonight that I don't know if I can unsee is the uh, the camcorder footage of Mick Foley losing his ear and then the mm. ref casually walking it over and placing it in your hands. Can you yeah. tell me what that was like? <laughs> that was a surreal experience. Um, it was in Munich, Germany, and it was part of a, a European tournament. And it was Vader versus uh, Mick Foley. And I, I featured this. I actually had two editions of my stage show because I went back to um, certain cities a second time with a brand-new show. So in my first edition, I showed them uh, – the fans' footage of that match. and um, But what's important to know is that it didn't all happen in the one night, that in leading up to that match, um, you remember Foley would get slung into the rope, stick his head between the top and the center rope, and then vault himself over the top. And then every night they'd have to pry his head from in between the ropes. And little by little by little, every night, it kept on getting nicked and nicked and nicked until it came to the point where he was taping his ear down to his head. So it just, it could have happened any night. It just happened in Munich, Germany, when um, we had the ropes that were tighter than usual. We had a referee that was not one of our usual referees. His, his name was Didier Gep from France, and he didn't know how to help Mick out of the ropes. So he had to go through the hard way, and um, when he got back in the ring, it took a couple slugs, and his head went back a few times, and the ear flew. <laughs> the ear just <laughs> flew off. Um, and I didn't know, you know, I didn't know that, you know, who would think that that, that could happen? So um, all I knew, and the referee did not speak any English. So um, he, I saw him, like, dip down and like tweezers, his fingers picked up something, and he he brought it over to me and flipped it to me. And I'm looking at it and I'm saying, damn, that's a human ear. <laughs> it, was, it looked like a piece of uh, uncooked chicken filet with uh, hair tape to it is really what it looked like. And I knew at the uh. time that I had to get it on ice if there was going to be any chance to reattach it to his head. So I never would leave ringside during a, an event. But this was an exception, you know. So I just uh, picked up the ear, put it in my hand, brought it back. Ric Flair was in charge that night, and it was it was kind of dark backstage. Um, and, and he couldn't see what I had in my hand. All he could hear was me saying, Rick, I've got Mick's ear. <laughs> no, I didn't say Mick. I would call him Cactus. I've got Cactus's ear in my hand. And he said, are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm okay. I said, I said come here. And I, I took him by the arm and I brought him to under a downlight and I showed it to him and he said, damn, that's a human ear. And, and we did find the doctor, but you know, he, we weren't able to reattach the ear to his head. It was surreal. You, you would never, you, you could never guess what you would do except, you know, when you're thrown into a situation like that. Hey, Gary, I got I to gotta tell you, you're, you're extremely quick on your feet because let me tell you something. If I'm sitting ringside and an ear goes flying in the air, and lands in my hand or someone hands me an ear, I'm telling you right now, the first thing I'm thinking is not, let me go get some ice for this ear. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm like, oh, oh my God, what is that? I'm freaking out. And you're, you're thinking, let me get some ice for this ear. That's amazing. 
you would be surprised, you know, like if you're if you're thrown in that situation, and especially if the ear is a friend of yours. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's what happened. I'm I'm, I'm assuming that Mick was uh, extremely grateful for uh, you saving his ear. Um, I well, he was sort of in shock, and and the match continued. He he didn't stop, <laughs> and um and I was heading as I after I found the doctor who was icing up. Uh, I think it was. Uh, Booker T's leg. Um, I was, you know, I headed back to the ring, and I passed Mick on the way, and he was in shock. He he put his, he just looked at me as we passed each other. He put his hand to where his ear used to be, and he said, um, "Bang bang, I lost my ear." Honest to God, that's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> now, would you say that's the, probably the craziest thing that's ever happened while, while you were doing anything in, in the wrestling business, Gary? Yeah, that's probably so. Yeah, there are a couple of things that would come close, but that that was probably it. Hey, I'd like to talk about your your WWE, uh, well, back then, WWE, WF run. You you were there from, I believe, 74 to 85. I know that Gorilla uh, Gorilla Monsoon played a big part in uh in breaking you in to the WWF. For anyone out there that doesn't know your story, can you can you talk a little bit about Gorilla Monsoon and, and how it led you to the WWF? Um yeah, um, at the time I, I had no interest in or even, you know, no thought about becoming any part of um of the show. Um I was um writing for a magazine and I was at ringside at the time they had the timekeeper's table that was pushed up against the ring and so I was sitting there because I was on my um, my press pass, and they didn't have a re-announcer. So, uh, long story short, I just I volunteered. At the end of the night, I was asked if I had any experience doing that, and I lied to them, and I said, sure, I do. So he said, well, come back next. It was Wildwood, and the next weekend was the 4th of July big show. Um, and uh, they said, okay, we'll put a tie on next week, and... I didn't really believe that that was going to happen, but I did show up the next week, and they did put me in the ring. And I didn't know that Gorilla Monsoon was part owner of Capital Wrestling, which was WWF. And um, all I knew, you know, was that he was a wrestler. Um, and um, so I worked every uh, every Saturday night. Uh, they had weekly shows in Wildwood back then. And um, at the end of the season, you know, I started a new teaching job, because I was fresh out of college, and uh, get a call from my mom, because I had uh, moved to an apartment in North Jersey, and, um, you know, I was talking to her, and she, she, I could tell something was, like, a little weird, and I said, Ma, like, what's, you have something else you want to tell me? She says, well, I got a call, she said, do you know someone by the name of Gorilla? Because I wouldn't have known what his real name was, so that's when he left a message, and I called him back, and he asked me if I wanted to work with him. And I said to him, I can't do that. I'm like I'm just starting a job. He said, well, you can do both. So he took me under his wing, and uh, for two years I worked every show that he promoted in New Jersey at uh, convention halls, armories, high schools, colleges, roller rinks, little clubs, um, the Cowtown Rodeo Arena, anywhere where you could you could gather a group of people. And at the end of two years, I found out that he was the producer of WWF TV. And uh, he called me. And once again, it was Fourth of July weekend, asked me if I wanted to do TV with them. And, uh, and I started. <clears throat> so, yeah, I, I owe everything to uh, Monsoon. That's great. Uh, what, what are some of your, your 
your biggest memories of your time in, in WWF? I, I, obviously, from that time era, man, you've worked with so many legends and, 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 and huge names. What, what if you had to say, pinpoint three, three things that really stand out from your time there? What would those three things be if you only choose three? Um, well, when, whenever you know, like I, I've, I've announced. I don't know how many tens of thousands of matches. So whenever I'm asked, you know, you know, to, to pick a a favorite, I always say that I'll I'll narrow it down to two, but they were two series of matches. Um, and in the WWF, it was um, Superstar Billy Graham was the champion, the world champion, and Bruno Sammartino was coming back for his title. And it was Philadelphia Spectrum, three shows in a row, sold out, 19,500 people. That in the WWF was, um, that was exciting. That, to me, that was a, a highlight. Because Bruno, Bruno was one of the reasons that I became a wrestling fan. So uh, sure. that was cool. And then the other would have been, outside of WWF, it would also a, a series of three matches, Ric Flair, uh, Ricky Steamboat. Um, that series of matches in Chicago, Nashville, and New Orleans, um, I knew that that was special. Um, yeah, so those those would be the two that I would focus on. What do you got for him, Jay? Well, I just want to take a minute to remind our listeners, if you have a question for Gary Michael Capetta, you can call in and ask him live on air. The number here is 323-927-2953. Call in and talk to Gary Michael Capetta live. Gary, as long as I have your ear, I have a question for you. I ran across a clip of you in a WCW ring where you had the the task of informing the crowd that Ric Flair had been stripped of the title. I believe it was 1991, and he had just left the company, uh, and the crowd rained down a chorus of boos. I'm wondering... When or how often were you put in a situation where you had to make an unpopular announcement like that? And how much notice do you get ahead of time knowing that you're going to have to give that kind of news walking to the ring? Um, question. Well, that was, you know, that one, that one was extraordinary. That, that video from the Meadowlands went viral. Um, what was cool about that video was you could hear the, the, the you know, there was a, a fan that had a camcorder. Back at the time, I guess it would have been a, a camcorder that he must have snuck into the arena. And you can hear his commentary during the video and his reaction, which was pretty cool. Um, and to answer your question, that would happen um, not regularly, but from time to time, especially when I was working with the NWA in the Northeast, um, and someone didn't show up, and I, had, you know, one of the headliners didn't show up, and I had to, uh, you know, inform the people. And that's really, um, there's a skill to that. That's something very different than bringing a wrestler or a team to the ring. Um, and very often, an announcer will try to gloss over it. Will try to tell the people, oh, it's there's nothing really. This it's it's not a big deal, and that's the exact wrong thing to do. What you need to do is to get that information out, and if you recall from that video, you just stop and you let them vent. You let them throw things at you. You let them scream and boo 
and get it all out. And then your job is to try to get them. I didn't do it that night because that was extreme. But if, if, a, uh, if a headliner doesn't show up and there's going to be a substitute, my job would have been to make them believe that what they were going to see was going to be greater than what they paid to see. Um, because, you know, we would offer refunds and um, if, you know, if a uh, main eventer wasn't there. So part of my job was to um, have as few people ask for a refund and leave as possible. So that was, you know, oh, that, yeah. Um, yeah, so, um, but, you know, and, and people have, you know, have seen that video that you referred to with Flair. Not only was I telling them that he wasn't going to be there that night, not only was I telling them that he was no longer the champion, not only was I telling them that he wasn't going to be at the pay-per-view, which was coming up in the next week or so, I was telling them he wasn't with the promotion anymore. <laughs> so, um, you know, there's, there's no way to, and I didn't even try to sugarcoat that. Um, but you have to understand that I live for those moments. Those are, those are challenges. And, um, and it allows me to, um, you know, like flex a different muscle. It's, it's just like a different, it's, it's, you know, obviously it's very different than bringing, um, somebody down to the ring. Um, it's, it's just a different skill. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was memorable. (laughs) Gary, what was your... What was your initial reaction, and, and not just you, the, the locker room as well? Did did you guys know that uh, Rick was going to the WWF, or was this just just a big blow, and then he went there? Like, either way, what was the what was the reaction amongst you and everybody else uh, when that happened? So that's obviously a ginormous, ginormous deal back then. Yeah, no, I, I didn't know in advance. I'm sure Rick's uh, friends, like you know, Arn Anderson knew, um, but I, I wasn't. First, I heard about it was when they, um, you know, when they told me, you know, what I had to, uh, what I had to announce in the ring, um, and and usually, you know, it, I always would tell them, don't write anything out for me. Just tell me, give me the bullet points of what you want to communicate to the fans, and I'll put it in Gary Michael Capetta language, and because um, I couldn't, I couldn't use someone else's words. It's, it just wouldn't work. Um, yeah, so I didn't know ahead of time, and yeah, it was a big, uh, yeah, it was like a big, uh, big sigh and a big kind of um, um, sadness. Yeah, I would say sadness. Gary, I want to ask you. You left WWF in '85. How how far was that before WrestleMania one? And and was there any plans for you to originally be a part of that? First WrestleMania. I don't know the time frame of when you left, but I think it was around the time, right around the first WrestleMania, correct? Yeah, it was. Um, it was probably between WrestleMania one and two, um, th- but there was no, you know, question about about that. Just like I was Gorilla's announcer, um, Howard Finkel was Vinny's announcer. So um, Vinny was uh, Howard was doing the Madison Square Garden shows. And you would expect that he would do WrestleMania, so that was um, yeah, that that was no surprise. And, um, and yeah, also, were you still in the co- were, you, were you still in the company though during WrestleMania one or no? Yes. Yeah, oh, you I are. think wow. I, I think it was um, uh, it was a little after that, and, and it, I they didn't fire me and I didn't quit. I just 
had other opportunities. Uh, Vern Gagne came along, and he was starting a wrestling show on ESPN, and it was um, filmed in Atlantic City. And um, that was my... Remember, we didn't know what WrestleMania was going to be. That was... You know, it it was a big show. It was a big pay-per-view show. And that's pretty much all anyone knew. Um, hindsight's twenty twenty. So um, to to even begin to grasp as to what it would become, and that was impossible. No no one could have done that. Um, and I don't. And it probably took a you know a few WrestleManias before uh, the hugeness of it sank in. Um, so yeah, it, it wasn't any big. It wasn't such a big deal. Were you were you there live for it or no? No. Mm-hmm. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, talk a little bit about your AWA run because I'm pretty sure it wasn't very. It was short lived, correct? Um, well, I announced um, I announced their ESPN show until they moved it to Las Vegas, and then uh, okay. after that. Um, I don't know why he didn't use his Las Vegas ring announcer, but Vern brought me in for pay-per-views. Um, I did Super Clash 3 in um, Chicago. That was the that was the night. It was uh, Jerry Lawler against Kerry Von Erich when uh, sure. Kerry had cut himself before he came to the ring. Uh, he, he, was, he was zoomed out of his head that night. He was very bad shape. Um, and then they, he brought me in for Wrestle Rock, um, which was uh, the huge uh, Hubert H. Humphrey Metrodome in Minneapolis, where it was um, an incredible amount of talent there. Um, I think he was partnering on shows with Lawler, so there were Mid-South guys there, AWA guys. Um, when, you, when you look at the talent roster, that um, just, just go back to the ESPN shows, um, just AWA, um, he had Larry Sabisco and Nick Bockwinkle. He had uh, Kurt Henning and Scott Hall. He had the Freebirds, the Road Warriors. Um, he had Stan Hansen. Um, Rick Martell. Rick Martell, right. Um, it, yeah, I mean, he had a, a gorgeous Jimmy Garvin and Precious, Ronnie Garvin. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of terrific talent. Um, he just uh, didn't know how to uh, keep up with the times. And then that led you to NWA WCW. That would have been '89. Mm, um, no, earlier than that. It was more like '87-ish, um, um, because uh, Vern Gagne and and Jim Crockett teamed up in the Northeast created Pro Wrestling USA. Um, So that's how the Crockett's got to see my work. Um, And so I started to announce NWA shows in Baltimore, um, Boston, New Haven, Meadowlands, um, Philadelphia. And um, NWA became WCW. Um, I I had announced uh, the AWA show, I guess it was Super Clash 3 and December of whatever year that was. And word was sent to me that um, Jim Hurd, that I had just started WCW in November, and uh, he didn't like 
because <laughs> I was doing their Clash of Champions. I was doing their NWA pay-per-views or WCW pay-per-views. And he didn't like that I was on another pay-per-view, like, you know, with an opposition promotion. So uh, word was sent to me to stop it. And, I, you know, it's like, what is he out of his mind? I, I, my response was, well, first, he has my number. He could have called and we could have talked about it. But if he wants to go through you, you can tell him that um, I'm not under any kind of um, contract with WCW. And if he thinks I'm going to sit home when I have a really good opportunity, um, he's crazy. He's out of his mind. So if, uh, if you want me to be exclusive to you and WCW, then put me under contract. And he did. <laughs> and that's how that happened. Wow. Hey, one last thing I have for Gary, uh, Jay, that anything you have before we, we uh, end, end tonight's show. Gary, looking back on the history of professional wrestling, couldn't been from any era, if you could have ring announced any match in the history of wrestling that took place, putting on the spot, you know, what, what, would, what would be that one match? Mm, I, I don't have an answer for that. I, like, I, I'm, I'm real happy and, and, and grateful, and I feel blessed for all the opportunities that I've had. And, um, no, nah, I don't wish I was in any other place at any other time in my career. Um, there's a reason for everything. Um, I don't have any regrets about any of it, and why should I? I mean, I was uh, for 21 years I was on weekly television, and I've been associated with the sport for 40 years. So I just feel blessed that people remember what I've done and want to still talk to me. I, I think that's, you know, that that's a gift. That's awesome, Jay. What do you got for Gary before we uh, before we end tonight? You know, I am I am really psyched about heading to I Play America. Um, I'm going to be seeing some. Uh, I haven't seen Barry Windham in a long time. So, nice, and, nice. And, and you know what? I I do a lot of conventions, and Barry doesn't do many conventions. And yeah, so for right. him to be at I Play American Freehold is, I mean, for the fans out there, you have an opportunity to see some of these guys. Um, there there's some uh, rare finds that are going to be out in Freehold. And I'm going to be with Barry Horowitz and the Glow Girls. I'm, I'm happy about that's that a, at my a, at my booth. So that's really cool. That's a great combination, right? Gary Michael Capetta, Barry Horowitz, and the Glow Girls. That sounds like a good time. And I know it, it's going to be a great time. And I know Barry from, you know, from over the years, and I've never met the Glow Girls. So um, I'm psyched. I'm psyched for Freehold. <laughs> Yeah, the Glow Girls are going to be interesting, Gary. They're going to actually do a uh, a question and answer panel later on during the convention called The Glamour, Guilt, and Greed of the Original 80s Glow Girls. Uh, you know, between that and then the popularity of the Netflix show, uh, I'm looking forward to that. I think it's going to be really interesting to, uh, to hear what these girls have to say, you know? Yeah, and you know what? I want the fans to know that um... – I, first off, I've never been to a wrestling-related event at I Play American Freehold. But any time that I've heard about any of the wrestling-related events there, people always come back happy. Like there's never any overbooking. You want to see a wrestler, you're going to see the wrestler, you're going to be able to talk to them. It's, it's, it's you know, because sometimes in some conventions it gets rushed, and I don't think that's going to be the case um, you know, when we, uh, when we had to freehold that I play America. So 
it, they have a, uh, like a sparkling reputation for signings and conventions. Thank and, you very much. Uh, and Gary. the promoter does too. You know what I remember most about? Um, do you remember the the convention you ran in the winter? And it was like I think it was like blizzard conditions. Yes. Yes. And you had a panel uh, with Kerry with no not Kerry with Kevin Von Erich. Yes. And, and you uh, had asked you had asked me if I would because uh, because one of the guys was coming from a long distance and because of the weather it was impossible to get there. So uh, I I had a good time being on that panel. That's awesome. Yeah. I believe uh, who else was it? Doctor D. David Schultz on that one. Could have been. I would have stayed away yeah. from him, but it could have been. I, <laughs> <laughs> I know you read a few of my conventions in the past, Gary, and I'm, I'm looking forward to having you again. I, I respect everything you, you've done in the in the industry, and always enjoy listening to you talking. Very intelligent man when it comes to uh, professional wrestling. Jay, anything else you got for Gary before we uh, we wrap up? You know, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him uh, in under a month. We're just twenty some days out. Uh, my last question Gary, that real, I had quick, for him. I'm sorry, sorry, yeah. real quick, Jay, real quick, yeah, because I'm going to forget this. Gary, how great of a voice does, does Jay have? He has a great radio voice, doesn't he? He does, absolutely. Yep. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that. I knew it. Uh, I, I accredit that. I had an English teacher in high school that told me I had a face for radio, so I, I took it <laughs> and ran with it. <laughs> I've Gary, been told my that last. Too. Don't, don't don't let it okay. hold you down. I've been told that okay. too. <laughs> uh, Gary, my last question for you is: We all know you from your work on the mic in front of the camera, but as I was doing some research, you have some behind the behind the scenes uh, things that you did as well. Uh, you produced and and directed some commercials to to promote special events. You were heavily involved in some of the Spanish uh, announcing for different uh, wrestling shows. Outside of announcing, did you have a favorite behind-the-scenes job that you got to be involved with? Yeah, I liked I liked um, uh, producing the uh, market-specific when I was with WCW for a short time. It didn't last too long, but I produced some of the um, segments, you know, with El Gigante standing there and you know I'm coming and you know Vader, I'm going to beat you in you know Pittsburgh on April whatever. We got really creative with it. And um, I liked it. Anything that gave me an opportunity to be a little bit more creative, because when you're a ring announcer, there's not that much creativity involved. <laughs> I used to say to Jim Hurd, you know, as they say, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. <laughs> and he would find little things for me to do. No one else spoke Spanish on the announce team, so I used to do the Spanish commentary, um, the pre-tapes. And that was fun, too. Nice, nice. Well, anyone out there that's planning on coming to 80s Wrestling Con on Saturday, April 27th in Freehold, New Jersey, and I play America, and we'll have the chance to not only meet Gary Malcapena, but Gary's actually going to uh, do something really unique. You can have the opportunity of him recording uh, a special message for you. Tell them a little bit about that, Gary, before we, we, uh, we uh, wrap up. Yeah, we're going to do the regular um, pictures. We're going to do the regular autographs. But we're also going to do, um, I'll be doing voice recordings on people's mobile devices. So um, with with wrestling vernacular in my ring announce voice. So it would be like, uh, sorry, Mike's not here. Uh, I'm not going to do my ring announce voice now. But um, sorry, Mike's, Mike's uh, 
This is Gary Michael Capetta. Sorry, Mike's not here. He's down for the count. Parts unknown. But if you leave your name, number, and a free message, you know, that kind of thing. So uh, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That'll be a third option for folks. Nice, nice. Well, well Gary, uh, thank you so much for, for taking time out and staying up this late to talk to us. And, and we look forward to seeing you uh, later this month at Eddie's Wrestling Con. Thank you. I look forward to being there, guys. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much, Gary. Have a great night. Thank you. Well, there you have it, Jay. A, a great episode. Lanny Poffo, Gary Michael Capetta, two of the uh, gentlemen that will be joining us at 80s Wrestling Con on April the 27th in Freehold, New Jersey. And, uh, man, the, the, the clock is ticking, Jay. It's getting here closer and closer and closer, man. Uh, you're going to have a big role that day as well. You're going to be the uh, the special host for the uh, for the Glow Girl segment uh, at 80s Wrestling Con, and uh, hopefully uh, some of our listeners out there will be appearing and uh, and come to meet everyone, and you can uh, get to meet a couple of our listeners out today as well, Jack. I'm looking forward to it, man. Every day that gets closer, the excitement builds. Uh, it's at an all-time high right now, and I just know in the weeks ahead, it's just going to keep going up and up. Listening to Lanny Poffel to see the world's most dangerous announcer, Gary Michael Capetta, just the stories that these two guys were able to share with us in our brief time with them tonight, I can't even imagine the stories that we're going to hear at 80s Wrestling Con. It's going to be a can't-miss event. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm looking forward to it. My, uh, I'm biting my nails and banging my head up against the ceiling because I'm, I'm, I'm so busy with it and overwhelmed with it right now. But uh, hopefully it'll all be worth it in the end, man, because uh, it's going to be a really, really big uh, deal. It's going to be really cool. And if you haven't gotten your tickets yet, head over to 80swrestlingcon.com. Again, that's 80swrestlingcon.com. And uh, next week, right here on 80s Wrestling Radio, Jay, we're going to be joined for uh, – for a special episode with former WWE diva Cherry, the uh, former manager of Deuce and Domino uh, from uh, the other side of the tracks. She'll be joining us on 80s Wrestling Radio next week. She was a gigantic Elizabeth and Macho Man fan uh, as a kid growing up and, and, and still is. So uh, we're going we're gonna to be talking to Macho Man and Elizabeth next week with her. And uh, we might just dedicate the whole episode to the history of Macho Man and Elizabeth and, and just, you know, do the whole hour with, with her and, and talk about it because, I mean, they have so much history that we can easily call us. Uh, we can make that an episode. The Macho Man and Elizabeth show uh, the day after WrestleMania next week here on 80s Wrestling Radio. I dig it. Yeah. Can't miss episode. Oh, yeah. And until then, everyone, enjoy uh, WrestleMania this Sunday. I'm going to be there, uh, Jay, and I'm actually uh, working on something now for a a special uh, possible promotion uh, at WrestleMania uh, during the day out in the parking lot. Uh, I might have more information on that in the upcoming days uh, on our uh, Instagram page, at 80s Wrestling. Um, finalizing details on it, so I don't want to give it out right now, but working on something possibly pretty cool for uh, WrestleMania Sunday. How's that sound, Jay? My interest is peaked. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm wondering what that could be. I hope I get filled in before, uh, before Sunday and before, uh, you take to the streets with what you got planned, but that sounds like a fantastic way to advertise, uh, the eighties wrestling con that's right around the corner. 
Yes, sir. And uh, until next week, uh, until next week, have a great night. And uh, during your weekend, we'll talk to you next week here on 80s Wrestling Radio.